Hey, movie fans, welcome back to Popcorn Talks, Anatomy of a Movie, where today we are going to talk about us. Not us, like the panel us, but the movie us. 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 We're going to break it down for you, but us. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Hey, and we're back for yet another Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie, where today, it's a big, big to-do is happening. We are going to talk about the the, the mega movie, uh, horror movie, creepy movie, we'll figure it all out, but we are going to talk a lot about us today. Uh, so we know that uh, I've actually had this requested, or if we were going to talk about this movie, and I said, yes, yes, we are. And look, we're making it happen because it was requested from our audience, our kind audience. We're here to talk about us. Uh, Hey, and welcome, Marissa Serafini. Hello, everyone. How are you, Red? I'm good, yes. (laughs) Or am I really the Marissa Serafini? I don't know. Don't creep me out already. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> welcome back. Hey, <laughs> how are you? I'm, good because I'm, I'm tethered to Mariah here. <laughs> I'm sorry for the both of you. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, right so, where I'm sorry I am. for the Marissa, I'm, you know. and I'm sorry for whoever's yes. tethered to me. And te- <laughs> we will get into what tethering and tethered is, and us, uh, and all this. The the, the big Jordan Peele uh, movie, his follow up to Get Out. Um, again, uh, this this week. Uh, above and beyond all other weeks, uh, this this mention is quite important. Uh, we always spoil a movie. Uh, we we break a movie down via plot points, and this movie does uh, have twists. Uh, there are things uh, in regards to the storytelling that many would consider as being spoilers. So, if you have not seen us. Um, and you should always tune in to us. But if you haven't seen the movie <laughs> Us, tune out because I think the movie pause, pause, yeah, just go watch the movie, the, yeah, unpause. And I really do think that um, the movie is better served uh, the less you know about it. Uh, but not according to the universal marketing execs. We will talk about that later. Um, but yes, uh, and if you have seen the movie, well, welcome. Uh, we will talk about all those plot points and try to get a better sense and feeling as to what the hell Us was all about. So, without further ado, you've been fairly warned, uh, and now we're going to just, uh, we start off as every show, our opinions. Marissa, we're going to start off on to my far right, mm. which would be stage left. Right. Marissa, what did uh, you think okay. of Okay, so, you, you know, I do not do horror or scary <laughs> or any of that <laughs> no, you don't. So I went in and I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Um, the first half an hour, legitimately creepy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and they were pretty earned. And then, like, once I started figuring out what was happening, I was like, okay, now that I've seen them, quote, unquote, us, mm-hmm. once I saw them, I was like, okay, they're not as scary looking. And then I went, and then I was, like, pretty in for the rest of it. But I had to get through the first half an hour, 40 minutes to get through all the scary parts. And then, so the first part was, like, what? And then the second part was, like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. yeah. So, But overall, it was a, it was a fun ride. Not yeah. going to lie. And, and I can tell you, I've, I've been to horror movies with Marissa. Not a lot, because she's not into that sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> not and, many. And, and it's, it's a movie with a show. 
That's all I could say. I it am is the quite, show. Yeah, she is quite the show. It's quite Oof. entertaining. Uh, so uh, I'm glad you stuck no, it through. There, there was one point <laughs> where I audibly be, did say it out loud, and I remember, oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> I said that out loud. I don't remember what exact part, but I just remember saying, oh, hell no. Nah. Here we go. Nice. But overall, fun. Cool. And it's very thought-provoking at the end, so I cool. think Jordan Peele did a good job nice. with mm-hmm. With that, where it leaves the audience just think, thinking at the end. You know, what did you think? God, I'm like Marissa in the sense that I don't do horror. <laughs> but ironically, I do thrillers, which you would think is very similar. But there's something about a thriller that I can deal with. But this was both. This was both horror and thriller. I loved Us. I thought it was brilliantly done. I kept like thinking, how is this going to size up? Or like, you know, how is this going to replicate the magic that we saw with Get Out? And I think something Jordan Peele does so exceptionally well is the fact that there is always social commentary there. And the best thing that I got out of this entire movie overall was what it had to say about upward mobility and class and how, you know, as Jordan Peele said in one of his interviews, sometimes you are the monster and you don't even know that you are the monster. Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's lots to unpack here. Um my first knee-jerk reaction was, well, there was a couple. Uh, but my first knee-jerk reaction was, A, this isn't the... Sc- a lot of people came out saying this is the scariest movie I've seen. No. It's creepy. Uh, Jordan Peele brings out the creeps and freaks, uh, for sure. And where I do believe that in horror, um, creepiness and scares can are hand-in-hand, hand, but they're also separate entities. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- there can be a difference between a scary movie and a creepy movie. This, to me, was a very creepy movie. There were some scenes that were quite very uncomfortable to, 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 to sit through. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily make it a scary movie. Poltergeist is a scary movie, uh, where this was, like, really... It was creepy. I didn't find it. A Quiet Place. And this is a good comparison because both of these movies came out of South by Southwest with great, great buildup and word of mouth and buzz. Quiet Place to me is a scary movie. Where, again, I think Us was just very creepy. Um, and, yeah, there were times where it could get uncomfortable, but the, 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 the tethered were were creepy characters. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peele, I think, uh, to his credit, made a very different movie from Get Out. If you were going in expecting Get Out, you weren't getting Get Out. You might have been disappointed. I walked out of the theater, and I was truly befuddled. Um, in fact, one of the first people I saw was a colleague, Simon Thompson, uh, from Meet the Movie Press, and he asked me, what did you think of the movie? And I said to him, I don't know what the hell I just watched. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell I just watched. I didn't say how. <laughs> but, um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think in us there's a lot to unpack. Um, I do think that the, the, the first uh, half of the movie was really strong. Um, I felt that the third act, for me, the third act kind of blew it. It didn't stay on its toes. And, I think it became a little... Danced on its toes? (laughs) It couldn't stay on its toes, but danced on its toes. It didn't land the pirouette. Let's just say Mm. that. So I felt that there was too much trying to be done, too much trying to be told, and in that, a lot of the message was lost. It became a little confusing, and it became a little, 
what the hell? Um, exactly. The, the first part was what, and then the second part was what the hell. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly how I broke it down with people. That's... Because that's, that's probably what they could have called is. the movie. What? <laughs> what the hell? Um, yeah. And, and look, I I think that uh, I think it's great that a movie could could charge so much discussion. Everybody w- wanted to talk about this movie. Um, we're going to get into audience reaction more, and I think in a sense too there was. Some people just didn't like the movie. Other people's like praised the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm somewhere in the middle. I did like the movie. I respect what Jordan Peele as a filmmaker and writer accomplished because he was breaking a glass. He was breaking the glass ceiling, making the horror genre different. He made something different. This was no sophomore slump for him. He didn't just remake Get Out, but he did and tried to do something different. That I applaud. And he didn't necessarily fail at it. Box office numbers would say he didn't fail. But I think from an artistic standpoint, he by no means failed. Um, And if anything, like Get Out, uh, I, I think the movie really begs of discussion that we'll have right here and I think a lot of our audience uh, you know, many people were asking me what did you, just, what did you think and I wanted to try to save it for here because it's hard mm-hmm. it, for me anyways it really is difficult it's a diff- it, it took me a long time to unpack right? and I don't it, but that was a good thing because it stayed with me throughout the week, I started mm-hmm. at the beginning of the week and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I was still thinking about the movie, yeah. which is a good sign, and not in a bad way. Like, it didn't make me angry. It's thought-provoking. It, it begs a lot of questions at the end where you really only really figure it out until you discuss it with other people. Yeah, and I'm not even, for me anyways, I've discussed, I still don't have, there's no clear definition right. uh, on the end. So, uh, let's, uh, well, let's start talking a little bit about, um, well... You know, his his Jordan Peele's inspiration, let's say, he's been he'd been. This is something that he had thought about with Get Out being a big hit. All doors open for him. Uh, Us was going to be his next movie. Um, I think that he also, you know, he loves the doppelganger. Yeah, yeah. the doppelganger. Right. He, he was making this like in the midst of getting out. Get Out was already like being completed and finished, but it hadn't had the success that it did now. And so he was already working on this, and it's really stemmed from the, uh, what he says, the idea for this movie came from a deep-seated fear of doppelgangers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I I know a lot of people have fun with doppelgangers, and there's always, like, that the plot twist of, like, evil twins, evil twins. But it was like, no, what if they really were evil twins (laughs) um, coming at you? Like, and just that innate fear that all of us have. Mm -hmm. And, like, how do you put that into a film? And so that was the genesis of was I was so surprised by that, because when I was listening to interviews he said that when he was a child he just had this fear that he would be on the subway one day and that he would see himself staring back at him and when I was a kid I used to always think if there was only a twin out there that looked like me that would be so cool like it was never <laughs> something that was creepy or eerie so well yeah, I'm was, Asian we all look alike so isn't that nice <laughs> you could say that if I said it I'd be racist I said it. <laughs> But yeah, and I'd be afraid because if I there was a doppelganger of me, I'd 
just be buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but in any case, yeah, I mean, the doppelganger story is one that science fiction um, really adores. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a major trope. I mean, Star Trek has used it uh, in, in the classic um well, we you always know, see twins. Always. Yeah. He always. got it from the Twilight Zone, he said. He yeah. said he was inspired by like a specific yeah. episode of it. So, oh. yeah, and I it could definitely movie, be a Twilight and Zone And I love movie. the movie yeah. Twins, too, even though it's not yeah. a yeah. doppelganger yeah. movie. But I always had a twins. fascination with Twins. I mean, my favorite movie of all time is The Parent Trap. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, me, too. That's so crazy. <laughs> I mean, I've always had a fascination with Twins. Yeah. And it's funny. <laughs> I have close friends that are twins. I have close friends that are twins. And, you know, when I think about it, they, in a sense, they're almost... They are almost tethered, um, and they're the only ones that can crack the facial recognition on a on an iPhone. Like, so if somebody had an iPhone, if one of them had an iPhone ten, the twin could actually. That's Open the one it? thing it can't oh yeah, do is that. So, uh, those damn tethered. Uh, but in any case, so yeah, so Jordan Peele, the, the, this this fascination for him. Uh, was his inspiration to write this. And, and as you pointed out earlier, too, there is this uh, socio-political uh, um, themes that he could incorporate in this above and beyond just race. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and I think this, were, this is where some people, where the schism is. When you see Get Out, Get Out is a, is a singular story. There are many themes that you can talk about, mm-hmm. but it really is self-contained. This, this self-contained singular story, you know, and where us, you can look at it as singular Absolutely, but there's so much in it. Also, it and could lead to another film. It, it could. It, not that I want the <clears throat> franchise out of this movie. Yeah. Well, well he just around. He's like, well, if Universal another. offers him a hundred million dollars, right. he's totally doing it. Sure. Yeah. Right. So, it wouldn't? could lead to another. Yeah. Well, you know, and and we'll we will uh, talk about that. The other thing that this movie had is for horror aficionados or the lover of the horror genre. There was just like crapload of Easter eggs. Yes. Um, everything from everything from Joel Schumacher's The Lost Boys too. Now the funny thing is, I called the movie HUD. Um, taken from just shortening Not it Chud. from Chud. The movie there's a movie called Chud, which is cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Oh this is HUD. There, there, it takes out the cannibalistic uh, aspect of that B-movie. Right. And that's basically what this is that I was thinking about. But, you know, like I said, Lost Boys. He uses Twilight Zone reference. There's definitely Jaws Thriller. in there. Thriller is in there. There's a lot of horror-type references that Peel put in, I think, well, in part because his love of horror. And you can tell that he loves the genre, mm-hmm. uh, I think, as a director. He he knows the tropes, knows how to move the camera really well, yeah. uh, and, 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 and at least build a suspense um, with the creepiness. Right, so. and he used the same cinematographer that did It Follows. Right. And if you ever watch that <clears> film <throat> and how the camera moves and follows from people to people... Or, Place to place, you know. He he had the same movie it, in this movie, and and he actually uh, used it. Follows. Uh, he told his cast to watch. It follows was one of the movies he told like Lupita Nyong'o to definitely go out and see because that was somewhat of an inspiration for how uh, you know the tethered were going to be in this movie. And if he saw it, follows about this this evil entity uh, that would follow you. Uh, 
there are similarities there. So it follows as definitely an Easter egg inspiration uh, for him. So, uh, again, what did you find folks feel about, like, what Easter eggs did you find folks find? I think the, it's not so much an Easter egg, but the whole uh, Hands Across America. Yeah. And um, I found it very generational because, granted, I'm young. I wasn't around in the 80s, but I, I know what Hands Across America was was for. And then, but when you actually apply it to how that was a failed project, and then when you apply it to now in the, in the movie, you also might think now this is going to be a failed project statement too. Mm-hmm. So, and I I liked how he used just the symbolism of what what the the statement that he was trying to go for, but it ended up not going as well as they hoped. Right. Yeah, and that was also um, in 1987, I believe, and during the Reagan era and eighty six. That was eighty six or eighty six. Eighty six. I was there. But I guess I think the parallel he was trying to draw, my interpretation was, okay, you're tying the Reagan era to the Trump era, and Trump has been compared to Reagan in the way that, um, and, like, how he he talks about, like, people of color or or what he's trying to do, um, without, like, getting too much into politics, like, what he's trying to do here in America by making America great again. So I thought that was an interesting parallel, because this is, like, one of the first movies to come out during the Trump era, kind of criticizing the way things are right now. Especially you didn't see Black about- Klansmen? <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, I, and I get what you're saying. And, yeah. and again, without political... Well, again, it's hard not to... The, the social political implications in us, and in Get Out, for that matter, Yeah, they're there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's to, to not address... I think would be a great disservice and we wouldn't be doing our jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, like comparing Reagan to Trump. Okay. That's one thing if you want, but I mean the red to me anyways, there was no, there it was, there wasn't a mistake that the mm-hmm. tethered were wearing red. It wasn't a mistake that the tethered were not, were not only wearing red, but they were yeah. yelling a lot and they couldn't, <laughs> talk yeah really and i i, um, I like that because, wanted a bully because um, he was taking a different perspective where he even said this in interviews like he has a certain political stance but you kind of need to look at yourself at times and sure. say like how are you contributing to the schism mm-hmm. how are you contributing to like this culture of hate and divisiveness by always thinking like in this way that oh like i'm right you're not right like people who say you know, like, regardless of political affiliation, the people who are, like, constantly saying, oh, you're a Trump supporter, oh, you're not a Trump supporter, like, it's kind of about looking at ourselves, too, and, well, you know... See, how- I didn't even really... Sorry, not to cut you off. No, I didn't really even really see the, the political aspect of it. I saw it for more just the symbolism of red, evil. Yeah. Sure. Danger mm-hmm. and death. Definitely. And so, so I, I took it literally just at face value. It's like, right. okay, and it's such a... Red is such a distinguished color mm-hmm. where it looks so different compared to the, the normal humans that we see. Oh, absolutely. And so it just visually gave us something different that we know, hey, that's something to visually give us a warning to something to look out for. So the tethered, we know we could separate yeah. and delineate that they're the evil ones. Yeah, and, and the at the same time, again, you know, I again, I had a conversation about this movie just last night, too. You know, I think it's obvious, the other obvious takeaway that one could look at it this way. And again, um, to, to, to the panel here, 
um, to the folks who are listening. None of our, you know, these these are opinions and things that that. Well, they are they are that these are these are takeaways that we may have come away with that we may have read about that Jordan Peele had said. Mm-hmm. Um, you have your opinions, your takeaways too. They're equally as valid. So um, we want to hear about them. I, I think it is like this is one of the the strengths of movie making. I think that a movie can have this kind of a discussion because the other the other takeaway too is like you know when you, when you watch a movie like us. We are our own enemy, mm-hmm. you know, our, our mirror version of ourselves, or, you know, we are the evil within. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's one takeaway. Another takeaway, this, this was brought up yesterday, and I didn't think of it this way, but, you know, whenever there's any success, somebody has to fail. Somebody so, somebody gets crunched on, and, and no matter yeah. what the success yeah, may the be. theory it's, of relativity. Yeah, so... <laughs> You know that's that's another way that the movie that the movie can be looked at um, that I think is very valid uh, to do so, and I think with the tethered um, being that they are these underground dwellers, um, they are the people who are topside. Um, they're 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 seconds who yeah they're tethered they, to their they, counterparts. They're tethered to their counterparts. They. You know, they seem to adhere to similar things, but they're they dance. They yeah. have all these things that but they don't but have they a don't, voice. And they don't have a voice. That was both literal and figurative in the sense that these are the voiceless, right. but they also literally cannot speak. Right. They cannot speak up for themselves, and they're also completely hidden from the rest of society, except for as one outcast, except, except for one, for, for one, one, for red, which is, and I think that that very clear distinction and that twist at the end, really shows us that our concepts and notions of good and evil are inherently subjective and that, you know, we might think something is evil or we might think something is good without realizing the perspective of evil or the perspective of good. And also, what I thought was the thing that stood out to me the most was the fact that you can have upward mobility and come out of that system and be the only person who comes out of it and... It, it's kind of like a commentary on how people who rise up from their situation well, kind of want to distance themselves from where they came from. It's a nature versus nurture argument as well. Yes, that is um, well. And and again, you can I, adapt because it took. Well, well, it's interesting because again, you know, taking as long as I took to to think about the movie. Of course, I bring everything back to Star Trek, and and I talked about uh, and I thought about Star Trek Nemesis was, which had to deal with. Uh, a, a clone, a clone of a very well-respected, high-level captain of a flagship starship, uh, and his clone uh, who did not live that life. And when the prestige person is talking to this, going, you know, you have my DNA in you, you could be like me, and he's like, no. He goes, yeah, and you have my DNA in you as well, and you didn't live my life. Because my life was filled with brutality and hatred. This is what begets from that. Where you had a completely different life. We are the same person, but we are different. And where and, and I felt that theme come right out of this movie as well. As we are the same person, but through the twist, we we learned that through the nurture 
in the society that that person who is from underground could have a better life. Mm -hmm. And the switcheroo that happens, which is the twist, that person didn't have the good life (laughs) at all. Almost lost her voice. Right. Uh, in fact, so that's but another she still way. had a voice, she still and had that's a voice. the thing that like made me question. I was like, "How yes. the hell can she talk? She, right. She's educated. She's speaking grammatically correct for mm-hmm. someone who is supposedly like, uh, uh, like not educated correct. and illiterate in that sense." And you, you realize when you see the rest of the, the tethered family, they can't speak. Yeah. They're only talking and grunting and stuff. But she's the only one who's and speaking in. Full sentences. And that has to do, and I love that you're bringing that up. Right. And, like, so me just thinking, I was like, how the heck can she talk and no one else can? Access. How is Yeah. How is she educated in that sense? Right. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, like, such an important point that you just brought up. It all goes back to having access. And people don't realize this, that the playing field is never equal. So mm. when people talk about the American dream and they say, oh, you know, everyone has the opportunity to achieve success in America... I mean, to a certain degree, yeah, but when we look at it, there is such an unequal playing field, and that's exactly what this movie shows, is that if you are part of the tethered, what are the chances that you're going to rise up? It literally took you how many years to rise up and revolt and do the hands across America thing. It took you that long to orchestrate it, to plan it, and we still don't know because there's no sequel. We still don't know if it's going to be successful, and that really mirrors life for people who are voiceless here in America and around the world is that upward mobility is so difficult, and once you break free... The yeah. chance right. of like, success you can, still. Well, you can well, have the education, well, but do you have the chance to actually do something but, with but, it? But, yeah, exactly. I want to hold off on that because these are really great points. Um, let's talk about the twists. Uh, so we're just gonna, okay. And oh, that twi- was so obvious. You're dancing yeah. around it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, let's just talk about the twist. Was that already. a spoiler to you? Because I saw that coming. A lot of people but say which it's one? The, the oh the actual the, twist. The, the actual twist that we know the, that. The, she was actually the evil. She was tethered. Adele, or Adeline. Adeline was... Red. Yeah, Adeline the, was... The only reason red. I didn't see it coming is because it didn't make sense to me that there would be a twist if, you know, if she had this family and if she was, like, trying to protect them from the other. That's the only reason I didn't see it coming is because why would you be so fearful of them when... I don't know. I guess I guess that's the only reason why I, I didn't see it because she acted as if she didn't really know who they were. Well, uh, as she if was she really had PTSD good. from the entire but, thing. Yeah, right? and, and and again, I think after multiple viewings, Jordan Peele lays out the breadcrumbs for you to figure it out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, much like M Night Shyamalan did in The Sixth Sense. Um. Because a yeah, when you go back to watch <clears throat> it, you're like, oh yeah, such a fool. This when makes sense. Speak, well, that and, makes and, sense. And, and, and and the smile, it and the fact that Red can speak. Yeah, Red can so speak. That was, Red, was like such Red, a clear. Like, flag. That's a clear thing. And the mm-hmm. fact that the trailer ruined the movie and showed. See, the oh, fact. and I, I didn't they, watch the trailer. The trailer shows the the the, the house of mirrors at the fun house, mm-hmm. and they show the hands coming out. And dragging the little girl Adeline, and they show yeah. it. They, uh, they they more or less show it. Okay. So I didn't think that was a giveaway. Well, <laughs> if you're watch watching the, the movie, you know, and yeah, I mean, it kind of is because that's exactly what happens in the movie. Yeah. Like she she grabs her, chokes her out, and 
drags her across, and then she becomes... So, so we know what the twist is. And we were talking about upward mobility. And I think we're on to something, because you're right. Uh, when, when, and, and again, we, this is a horror movie we're talking about here. So you're, but you're right. It's, sometimes it's hard. And nothing, nothing makes that more concrete than the, the, the college admissions scandal that happened recently. Yes, you're No, right. I mean, you know, yeah. right? So you, you had well-to-do upward mobility people mm-hmm. who were who are well beyond their means, fine and comfortable, and yet they still had to cheat to get their, you know, their, 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 their kids privileged kids, uh, yeah. you know, who are already making millions yeah. being influencers into college. And our fellow and, popcorn <clears> talk, um, you know, colleague, Carla Renata, posted a status on Facebook that I thought was so powerful where she said, you know, here are people who aren't really being uh, reprimanded for the college admission scandal in the same way that people of color are when they fake a home address so that they can get their schools into a better public mm-hmm. school system. And I just okay, thought that so was so powerful. Cute. And it speaks to like that, that feeling of upward mobility. And right. like, why are you punished for faking an address to get into a a better school when public education should be an oh, equal yeah. playing field, but with a college admission scandal, this this stuff happens more than we really know. And, 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 well, it's and, it like, yeah, and I don't go, go want to get into the, just the yeah, scandal but, part because we're bringing it back to it, but it's more so like based on merit. Uh, like, yeah. It, it, you can have status, you can but, have money, but do you actually have merit to be right. where you should be? And, and, but all right. of this has to do with what we were talking about or what these tethered can represent or, or, and as, as a symbolism, as a theme. Um, and it's one of those things that, again, it's one of those happy coincidences for a movie. You know, a movie comes out and some social thing happens that becomes big. Us comes out around the same time. It wasn't planned that way. But if you're talking about social political themes in, in, in this movie mm-hmm. and, and upward mobility and keeping the person down, uh, this is one thing. We talk nurture nature. Like So, so when Adeline is in the upper world, right? Adeline. <clears throat> Adeline, right? Yeah. yeah. When she's in the upper world, she learns, she goes to school. She has that better life. She is nurtured into, she starts to talk again. She uses dance as a way of communication. She meets a pretty decent guy from, from, from the way I looked at him. Right. He's a really good Basically, guy. Basically, she had to get re-educated. She, because she, got, she, didn't, she started, for technically, <clears throat> with the Red, who now Adelaide. She had she started with no education. No she education. had to get re-educated. Right. Learning dance, learning how to speak, and just assimilating herself into the community. Yeah, and my whole thing is with, with her character going back to Santa Cruz, she knew what was there. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to... She didn't want any opportunity or chance for it to ever come back. She's like, I got the hell out. Mm-hmm. I am doing well. I married good. I have a family. I right. love my family. I don't ever want to be confronted with yeah. that again because that scarred where me you for came life. From right. Also, like you want to disassociate. Right. From, now that you have status and class and wealth, you're kind of disassociating yourself from where you came from because you don't want that life anymore. Right. And I think in some ways that is problematic. Not that you owe it to to where you came from all the time that you have to always pay back, but the way I see it is, you know, I think it's great when you can rise up from a situation but also give back to that same community. 
And it's something that we see happen time and time again sure. where people distance themselves. From she just wanted out. And, and, yeah. and I get it. And, and as a 11, 12-year-old girl, I forget how young she was in 1986, but yeah. this is her opportunity. Her tethered came to her, and it's like, that's it, switcheroo. Yeah, I'm the bad, I'm the evil twin that that that's gonna make good. And then, again, these are all things you think about after you see yeah, the movie. Yeah, like you I, see I, it I again. saw that, and like what I thought was like somewhere out there, there's Amina, just like me, who doesn't have the same opportunities. No, seriously, like mm-hmm. I, when I think about it, I think about wow, I'm so lucky. I'm first generation American. Both my parents are from Iraq. They got out at the perfect time, like, during the Saddam regime. Imagine if they didn't. Imagine if I was still in Iraq, especially when, you know, Iraq was invaded and the country was destabilized. Like, there's always another us out there that was never given the same opportunities as us. And to recognize that privilege is so important. To not just say, oh, work hard, but to also recognize, no, we also do have privilege to a certain extent. And that's why we are where we are today. We're successful huge part because of mm-hmm. that birth lottery. Yeah, and at the same... It, yes, and at the same time, we can become our own enemies. So, um, I want to go back to... Uh, I want to go back to Easter eggs. Um, we'll get off social political for a little bit. So, you know, I already mentioned Chud. We already mentioned The Lost Boy, Santa Cruz, mm-hmm. The Carousel. Uh, but another movie uh, that, 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 that was uh, an Easter egg and, and uh, referenced The Goonies. Uh, oh, another yeah, one of my favorite movies. Not a thriller. Uh, and also thriller, of course. Uh, we we talked about hands across America, mm-hmm. so I want to get on this um, for two seconds. So we'll stop. Um, so yes, it was a Phil thing. I remember hands across America and and everybody lining up. But I think this is one of my biggest. I think this is one of my problems with the end of this movie. Is um, so I just couldn't find the relevance because. So we see them on the mountaintops, all hands, the helicopters are there, and then it fades to black. And yeah. I was like, okay, what now? Yeah, like, exactly. Whoa, whoa. Us okay, too. what? Or them. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> right? I was like okay. <laughs> but again, it leaves yeah. it open-ended because if people yeah, don't totally. know the results of Hands Across America, you should definitely read our rundown, which is yeah. in the link that will be provided below. Um, Hands Across America, it was a charity event where they were raising money for the homeless. They spent more money on the promotions than they end up making. Right. So the, at the end of the event, they only made about $15 million. That was supposed to end hunger. But obviously, $15 million can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I'll take so, it. It my hunger. Yeah. <laughs> so the, in that sense, financially, it sure. was a fail. And that's why... But, because, a, but the thing is, if you if you remember, because this I is 1986, do. and the young, real Adelaide at that point, she didn't see the outcome of Hands Across America. So by the time she got tethered underground, she didn't know that it was a failed experiment. So she she spent her entire life planning this thing and not knowing it was going to be failed right. at the end of it. Yeah, thinking it's actually it, going to be that's successful. That's really interesting. And, 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 the inter- but in, and the way that I looked upon Hands Across America, too, is, you know, there was a ton of coordination to make it happen. You know, right, from a, from a money perspective, didn't make as much, but the coordinated effort and the amount of people that were involved, to me, that's that was a success because the... The publicity put onto it. So I kind of like this is the thing in the 80s. Um, these kind of things like sort of happen. Hands Across America. We talked about um, from Bohemian Rhapsody. 
Live Aid. The Live Aid concert. There are all these big things going on that, that the media, whether it be MTV, the news, could cover from a worldwide perspective. So seeing people line up and holding hands or being connected by music through all, all you know, through different venues. These were important staple of things. These were and they were highly extremely difficult to coordinate and get together because the technology isn't what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a main staple of of, 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 of events that took place. Mm-hmm. Um, Farm Aid comes out of, of like the 80s as well. And those were big music acts back then. Um, so it's really interesting that the movie starts off, for me anyways, it's interesting that the movie starts off in the 80s. And you're right. I mean, the Hands Across America, the hype around it and getting people to do it. And you're right, that Adelaide was on the cusp of the date happening and it didn't do it. She didn't see the end result. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's interesting because that's something else I didn't think of. But again, it's also something like if you weren't from that time and didn't know the end result... The, the ending of the movie would be totally wasted on mm-hmm. right. In fairness, I didn't re- understand the end of the movie until after the fact, and I did my research. I was like, oh, right. okay. So, like, again, it does leave the ending of the movie open-ended where you're questioning sure. what, what happens now. Did it actually succeed? Did they get their message across and killed everyone in America, and now they're the ones who are mm-hmm. the dominant ones right. above the ground? We don't know because right. it just fades to black. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. Or can they coexist? Yeah. So, right. Um, now, another interesting Easter egg that I had to look up. I'm looking at it right now. I didn't know if you had picked up on. I mean, I picked up on it, but I just didn't know what the what the passage of the verse was. Uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah eleven eleven. Yeah. 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 Bible verse. Right. Um, Mina actually has it. Yes. Yeah, I'm there, looking at it right now. Therefore, this is what the Lord says: I will bring on them a disaster they cannot escape. Although they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. Right. So it's yeah. the apocalypse. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty much God warning. Yeah. Because it's, it, it's in the book of Jeremiah, um, back in the Old Testament, uh, it's about the people of Israel, that he was about to bring evil upon the people of Israel, um, upon those who weren't going to worship right. God. But if they did, he would protect them. But if they right. didn't, he was going to bring evil upon them. And he gave that warning... And he is pretty much to break it down and be like, I'm going to bring evil upon you. If if you don't worship don't me, me, you're, you're going to have hell to pay for. And I'm going to hear your pain, right. but I'm not going to help you. Right. I, That's basically it. Yeah. So, and I do read for, okay, so for the folks who've been watching us for like 100 years, mm-hmm. Marissa is our resident uh, yes, Catholic. I'm the, uh, I'm the Catholic. Yep, here. she's the. I have she's read the Bible too. Actually, I've read the Bible. The entire thing? I have. I had to. I'm Catholic. But but um, since day I've one, read it, I have legitimately read the Bible from beginning to end. And since at day least one, once in my our life. our very first podcast was Pacific Rim, and mm-hmm. she, that's where she brought up various symbolisms, and then Your from religion. that day on, it was done. 
So salad shows shall it be written, so shall it be said, or so yeah. yeah Phil usually our, tosses the religion. The oh religious yeah, I always do too. <laughs> always find it, but but you know, you well, let's talk about the number you eleven. Probably loved Mother then. <laughs> oh god, like, yeah. That. I went in on that, that film, but like, we digress. Yeah, um, but basically, so, is it, it is the warning, is the forewarning in the movie that like there is going to be hell to pay. <laughs> right now, now eleven. Hell is coming. Now eleven too is also heavily featured in the movie. Yeah. So aside from the eleven eleven. Um, uh, thriller it's the pairings the, too. The, the, mm-hmm. the, is the thriller shirt the number of the prize 11 mm-hmm. surely their double show up Gabe settles in to watch the Giants game that's tied 11 11 in the seventh inning Jason points out that the time is 11 11 now it's funny make because the, yeah, exactly. that's what I always yeah it was make a wish during a tender bedtime scene and when the tethered version of the sign carrying homeless man shows up at the end of the movie he simply has four ones gouged into his forehead mm-hmm. underscoring that the verse is above everything else four ones in a row is seen in the film's uh, more hunting promo and, there, and there's four of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 11 11. Yeah. 11 11. So, um, which is very interesting. Uh, The fact of. Were there 11 uh, 11 different moments of the number 11 throughout the movie? (laughs) I don't know. Quite possibly. How many? Did anybody anybody count the ones that I just brought up? 11 instances, 11 moments. I feel like you totally would do that. The movie movie does hinge on, like, Coincidence, tethered the frisbee falling on right like on a the twister blue thing or the, the, the yeah. Everything so is about tethered. duality in this movie, like right. the whole thing, right. good versus evil, and, and the then scissors. also like the devil versus God, and yeah. the scene that stood out to me the most out of everything right. was remember the scene where um, the little boy is going into the fire, the evil little boy, mm-hmm. quote unquote right. evil little boy, and then the other one is kind of leading him astray. Right. I saw that as such a, you know, as a very symbolic, you know, there's the Christ and then the Antichrist. And the reason I say the little boy who's pure is the Christ figure was because his hands were literally out like this as if he was being crucified. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's literally what happens to him is that he sacrifices himself to save his family unknowingly, but he still sacrifices himself and leads the devil into the fire where he burns so right. I just, oh, Jordan Peele's a freaking <laughs> genius. Like, I can't even get over this movie. There's a lot of religious undertones that you wouldn't yeah. think of. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, another another Easter egg is the movie Jaws, uh, something that's near and dear to my heart, that movie. Um, you know, a lot of the beach scenes were filmed very similarly to how Spielberg filmed some of his beach scenes, especially particularly um, when uh, uh, little Alex Kintner gets taken, um, you know, uh, there's a scene, at, you know, where Adelaide uh, gazes off watching the various happenings on the beach, um, and she's tuning out conversation that, that's really taken from, I mean, almost shot Jaws. for shot, taken from Jaws. And then another really one of my, uh, an unsung uh, movie, oh, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Uh, really, really, uh, uh, it's a Ray Bradbury story turned into a really good mo- uh, movie that I believe Disney may have put out, believe it or not. Um, but this has the the dark, the, the pandemonium shadow show. Um, you know, there's a mirror maze, uh, things like that. You know, um, rabbits. Rabbits, yes. rabbits. Rabbits. Yeah, I of found course, so were... many pieces of symbolism with the rabbits. There's so many ways to interpret well, it was, that. It was a reference, well, it was a reference to the favorite. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I thought I, 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 I kept thinking it was like oh, great. oh my gosh, I was literally Another thinking movie. that. Another movie That's with so rabbits. funny. But just the the whole similarities of rabbits and yeah. just the how easily they multiply. Right. The duplicates well, of yeah. that. I saw yeah. it as them also kind of being this. Like, Jordan Peele says it's because he's always been terrified by rabbits, and he just thinks they're creepy. Really? But the, the way I saw it they're was fun. that rabbits are so cute, and they're innocent, and they're pure, but here they are underground, kind of representing that, like, something so pure and so innocent could be trapped and not right. see the light of day. But what I also gathered from it is we see rabbits right as, um, not Adelaide, but we think she's Adelaide, when Red is going down the maze. And I literally saw it as going down the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. and kind of being lost in this maze where you never can get out. And additionally, finally, the whole concept of magic and pulling a rabbit out of a hat. Sure. So there was... Like, rabbits were the perfect motif in this film. I thought oh, it did absolutely. such a great job using them, especially showing them locked in cages at the beginning. Oh, that right. opening absolutely. scene. So brilliant. And and just the whole mention that the the clones, quote-unquote, had to eat rabbits just to survive. Right. Yeah. Like, that's To nasty. eat something so innocent and right. pure. Exactly. Oh, and Chud, cursed. cannibalistic. Yeah, but, but, they're, but like, they weren't yeah, eating people, eating they were rabbits. eating rabbits. But the rabbits represent but, uh, regular and, and humans rabbits, eat rabbits. And, and, the, and the rabbits could multiply, so it was it was basically self-multiplying food. Mm-hmm. It was a food source that wouldn't run out unless they they ate the male and female rabbit that started it all. But there were so many rabbits down there. <clears throat> so many rabbits. They were fine. So another... Yeah, but, another see, um, that's the mentality that we don't care because there's so many that they're I dispensable. Well, I care about it. We don't care I, I don't about think... the ones that are under. Well, Again, I'm in red, so... <laughs> there you go. Am I good? Yeah, what what, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? So another one of my favorite um, techniques that Jordan Peele used in this movie, uh, as, a, as, as well as um, Mike uh, Flanagan... Uh, who just did House on Haunted Hill, but he used it in his uh, Ouija uh, sequel. Um, He does a reference to uh, a great film director, Brian De Palma, Mm. who in many, many, it was his signature move, uh, he did, uh, he used uh, uh, something called a split diopter, meaning he could have somebody in the foreground and in the background, and they would be totally in, and they would remain in focus. Both of them equally as sharp in focus, and it's a special lens that gets put into the camera. That De Palma used this in movies such as Carrie, Dressed to Kill, and most of his movies. Jordan Peele pulls that out. Uh, he used it in this movie, um, showing both Lupita Nyongo's characters in the same sharp focus, even though one's in the foreground, one's in the background. It's a great technique. I always loved it. I do always think of Brian De Palma when I see other people using it. So um, that was a nice little nod. And then, of course, the Twilight Zone, um, you know, he's referenced that. I mean, Jordan, Jordan Peele loves horror. We know that. But he's also a great, um, he's a great, like, he learned well. He took from classic great directors. He incorporates this into his movies, but he makes it his own. And I think that's part of his strength, but he has a good grounding. Um, another thing that shows up in this movie, part of Peel's background, is comedy, which I think really, in many cases, I think laughter and comedy, um, they kind of also go hand in hand uh, in horror as well. It's a great way to break up the tension, mm-hmm. so to speak, when placed. And this movie 
through the husband especially. Yeah. I thought he was great. I thought he was great too, but playing on what you just <clears throat> said right now, that's exactly what Jordan Peele said was that he thought that humor and horror goes hand in hand in the sense that they both play on absurdity, but he said what he tried to do is how do you ground that absurdity as much as possible? Right. So with horror, how do you ground the absurdity and with comedy, how do you make it as grounded as possible? Right. And I thought, I thought the uh, what's his name? What's the main character's name? Alex. The man. The man. Or Red. Yes. Red. I thought Red. He, Red. he was so funny. Like, there were so many moments of levity where, where he was like, what is this weird performance art? And right. he was just, <laughs> I laughed so much in this movie. Yeah. I was not expecting to laugh this much during a horror movie. I laughed a lot. Yeah, no, it, it had it had some good laughs, and and again, I think that 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 comedy or laughter in, yeah. in horror is used. It does break up the tension. Um, Even the regardless. communication when they're like, Aah! yeah, no, <laughs> like, I mean, like, you know, it, I don't know, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, I mean, again, even in your slasher movies, there's some sort of like after the. The teenagers have escaped. Somebody says some sort of a line. It just breaks the tension before ramping things back up again to where we're going to have horror. So it grounds an audience, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, because sometimes you can be in extremely intense movies that just don't let you go. And by the time you're done with the movie, you're exhausted. I mean, just just exhausted. Uh, A movie uh, called Sorcerer, I think, is a really great uh, uh, example of tension grabbing and there's little humor in the movie but I don't mind horror and comedy sometimes it doesn't work but Jordan Peele obviously has you know he's able to walk that fine line and juggle it and then on top of that he he adds his layers of social political you know commentary so I think that's a strength of us um Let's talk a little bit about um, its reception mm-hmm. here uh, in the States. First off, I think it's really important to note that the, that the budget of the movie is about $20 million, mm-hmm. which is incredible when you think about it. So much higher it. than Get Out, which was, what, $5 million? Yeah, it could have been. But $20 million is still, by today's pretty standards, low. it's pretty low. So all in, it probably would have cost them with prints and advertising or hard drives and advertising. I'm going to estimate that Universal threw in around 30 extra million, maybe Mm -hmm. more, maybe less, but around 50. So 50 all in, right? And we've got, um, and we're looking at thus far for domestic box of domestic box office. That's uh, right here in the good old U.S. Uh, Ninety million dollars within its first week. Um, not too shabby at all. It far over indexed what prognosticators had it coming in in its opening weekend, which mm-hmm. was seventy one million dollars opening weekend on almost four thousand locations. So people had it coming in at fifty fifty five. They're like about twenty million off, right? So, um, and then it's opened up uh, worldwide. So, foreign territories twenty three million. So, thus far, one hundred thirteen million dollars plus in the box office. Not too bad. The interesting thing is, at least I find, is critics and audiences. Mm -hmm. Critics and audiences. So, this movie has done for Rotten Tomatoes. Not too shabby. I mean, 94%, 
is, is pretty good. That's like right around mid nineties. The cinema score in this movie, and here's where I'm not surprised, is a B. It's 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 a B. Right. I think the movie again, we talked about this a little bit. I think perception on this movie, people have either loved it or they walked out not wanting to take the time to maybe think about it. Maybe they just didn't care. They walked up going, what the F did I just watch? Right, mm-hmm. not completely understanding it. Yeah. I mean, I watched yeah. it not understanding it until I did research afterwards. I'm like, ah. I was processing okay. it. I was processing everything as I was going along, but I also was surprised at, like, subverted expectations because I went into it thinking mm-hmm. that there would be some grand commentary about race but it was more about privilege and class and upward mobility. And I literally thought, because my best friend was, like, whispering things in my ear, she's like, I bet you what's going to happen when the black family is, like, killing the white family, but the, this is when the police are going to come in, and it's going to be some sort of commentary oh. on um, how police never come or never respond right away when it's a person of color mm-hmm. and how they respond faster when it's, like, a white family and that they're going to hear F the police playing in the background. Right. And that people are just going to come in and it's going to be a comment. Yeah, we did. did. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then it's going to be that. And I was thinking, oh my God, I hope it's not that. That's crazy. Is it just going to end there? And then it ended up being something entirely different. And that's what I love is that here we have, you know, a black family playing the lead. And we're not just thinking like, oh, this is going to be about a black family. We're like, oh, this is about something entirely different, which right. is the best way to do diversity is to, like, you know, realize I, to me, that the it's best more way, than just about race. This it, is about something it, else. It, Class. And, and for me, the best way to do something about diversity is when you just don't care what the family yeah, is. Yeah, that's what I'm so, saying. Is um, that you begin to forget yeah, that. Yeah, you, you, you know, and, and our cast, the characters were fantastic. Another thing, and I brought this up earlier on Meet the Movie Press, where I think, and again, I think it's a true positive of the movie, is there really aren't any blockbuster stars in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, Lupita Nyong'o is probably the biggest name right. in, in this movie, right? Right. Her, her, her cast of characters around her, some of them are known, but they're, they're not necessarily people that you would think is bringing in huge, huge box office. Mm-hmm. So, to me, what Jordan Peele has said, and said, it, it, what it's a great example of, we have... Good. St- I, I I've delivered a story. People are coming to this movie because of marketing story. Uh, they're not being dragged in because of necessarily star power. Right, and Get and, Out did so well that people yeah. want to see a follow up. Right. Mm-hmm. So when does the the legend of Jordan Peele, you know, uh, the power of Jordan Peele bringing in diverse audiences all over? Uh, I think it's really interesting. I found it also interesting that it is the second uh, highest opening weekend grossing live action original movie in nine years since Avatar. It's taken That's nine so years. Well, yeah, it's yeah. it's taken nine years, nine years for a movie to crack like forty million dollars. I think I think Avatar opened at forty seven million dollars, mm-hmm. um, and then became the the, the highest grossing movie of all time, period. Mm-hmm. It Still. took nine years for there to be, like, I don't, I never even thought of it that way. Um, and there have been original movies that come out. Um, so it, it, I just found that to be an interesting stat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have that. Um, I don't Do know. Do you think what Jordan Peele will get another nomination for original screenplay? 
for horror, though? I don't know. He won't forget out? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't think this is as strong a movie as Get Out is. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I like this movie. It's it's flawed. Um, and I, I don't know. That'll be really interesting. For sure, I would not be upset if Lupita Nyong'o gets nominated for actress. I thought yeah. she was She's great. Phenomenal. Playing I two roles is so hard, especially when one of them family. is something the that The entire family. Like, the yeah. entire family. Even the so kids. Good. I was more afraid of the kids. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. Yeah. But especially the little boy. Oh, I thought the, the girl. The animal. I thought and the, and the girl. The, the girl, the way she looked at you. Yeah, girl was no, so No, thank creepy. you. Yeah. But, yeah, like, honestly, no. I was more terrified of the kids and what they could do. Yeah. I, I Listen, I really love the entire cast, but Lupita really stuck out. This woman is a chameleon. Like, she can do, I mean, think about what she did in this movie alone Mm -hmm. and what she did for her voice as being read. I mean, mean, this is creep factor, like, warp 10. It was crazy. And she was was good. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she were, you know, I would be more surprised if she was forgotten because I think it's that strong of a performance from her. Mm -hmm. And I really think it carries the movie. And she said, um, I guess when she auditioned with Jordan Peele, she told him that she watched Get Out six times, and he knew, like, oh, I really want her. Like, I want Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. So I love, like, you know, I guess guess there's been, he said something controversial where he said, um, it's not that I don't like white people, it's just I've seen that story. I'm not going to have, like, a white lead when I've already seen that story. But I love what he's doing for diversity and just telling, like, these stories that, it's almost like nightmarish scenes, but with social commentary. And who else knows how to do something like that that well? Like right now? Yeah, I can't mm. really think of anyone in that same vein. It's such a specific genre. It, well, the thing his, his movie does is that there are universal themes in his movie that are still relevant. Granted, yes. this movie takes place, quote-unquote, in 1986, and it comes back to the modern day. Right. But the, the problems and the social aspects are still relevant absolutely over the course of 30 years and they're still applicable to today so i I think that's what he does well that he takes the universal themes that are still relevant right and i and i so much symbolism but but i've I've mentioned i've mentioned this before too though about horror movies uh in general horror movies um and science fiction in particular though but horror movies can be a, a reflection of society. Uh, they're an outcropping of something. Um, and I've talked about this uh, ad nauseum, if you've heard me talk about the original Halloween, as to what that is, a, a, an outcropping of, you know, coming out of out of war, coming out of all this conflict and not seeing evil for what it is or not even looking for it. Horror can do that. Horror throughout the ages has. What Jordan Peele has done is he's made it, he's made it more overt. He's not, he's not like hiding it. He's not, he's putting it out there. He's making statements. Uh, I do think, like, look, whether or not I, I, I think this is, I don't think this is a better movie than Get Out. However, I don't think it's any less of a movie. Um, it's a really good movie. Uh, and now I'll always be interested in what Jordan Peele uh, has to say artistically from, from, from a movie standpoint. Um, I'd like to know, like, if he continues to make horror, that's fine. But I'd like to see him try to do 
other things as well. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, I like to see him do a drama. <clears throat> a drama, It'd be or, nice. or or even a thriller or or a mystery. Um, Ooh, you know, I mean, be because people have already started comparing Jordan Peele to, to to the likes of Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. I can see that, right? And and I can see that too. And Hitchcock himself directed suspense movies, horror type movies, Thriller thrillers. Movies. You know, I could see Jordan Peele becoming. I, it's too early to throw that praise on him yet, but I could see him becoming uh, that type of a director. Uh, so I always look forward to what he has to say. So, well, I don't know. I hope I hope the folks were were, were happy with. I mean, it's such a it's a movie that us. There's so much to be talked about, and I don't think anybody's either really right or necessarily really wrong. Uh, he I leaves so much so many, of it open to interpretation. There is, right. and uh, there's so, a rewatchability factor too. Yes, there is a rewatchability. As creepy factor. as it is, you yeah. can rewatch it. Yeah, and people have that's been part of marketing, and that's been part of what people have been saying that you can go back and watch us, and like I said earlier, the Sixth Sense, you figure out these clues as to the switcheroo, let's call it, and you be things become more apparent. So there is a rewatchability factor, which makes it a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Screenplay-wise, I don't know. What are your thoughts screenplay-wise? What do you think? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Because <clears throat> Get Out was just so original and no one has seen that at all, mm-hmm. ever. So, and I think, the, and that, and it really hit home because, too, like, that movie came out at, like, just the right political state right. and climate where people would accept that type of film and, like, really do something about it. This film is just more the the classic doppelganger, which isn't as original because we've seen doppelgangers in, like, television and other movies. We've seen the the whole theme of evil twins. That itself is not original. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I don't think so. Not for this one. Yeah. Yourself? I mean, I I thought it was pretty original. I don't I don't think it was as original as Get Out because the concept of putting someone else's consciousness <laughs> in uh, a black person's body like I've never really seen that before. <laughs> Unlo- not Neither in that I. not in a non comedy context. No. Um, but I think what Jordan Peele did really well in this movie. Additionally, I just want to add on a final note mm-hmm. is that whole concept of finding yourself. You look into that magic fun house and the outside of it. Um, on the the storefront or the the front of the house, it says "Find yourself." Right. I think it's so interesting that in order to find yourself, you have to lose yourself in the rabbit hole and like this this place of mirrors where you're finding yourself and seeing a reflection of you. But maybe it's the less glamorous reflection of you than than well, what appears id. to be. It's, it's yeah, what we keep down. It's the it's the very inner part of ourselves, sure. the part that doesn't really surface and. You know, the, right. the part beneath us that is finally coming yeah, to absolutely. the surface, my other half here, <laughs> is coming right. to the surface and sure. saying all the things or is that she I have here. <laughs> <laughs> She's here. She's dormant. It's like a volcano. She's right. dormant, yeah. ready to erupt at any time. I got so, it controlled. So I love that. Find yourself yeah. by losing yourself, and you might find your evil twin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just living among us right now, and that person doesn't want to find me. Um, <laughs> 
So, Marissa, where can people find you? <laughs> Everyone can follow me at Serafini TV. Are you topside, downside? Where, where, where? Do, do they have to sides. look for you? All I'm sides. omnipresent. How about that? And, and, how, and where do people? Where, where can people find you? Oh, and, that's a great God reference. I know. Too. The devil. <laughs> I'm getting the devil God. Go. Who is she? <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Mina. You can find me on Instagram at Mina Makes Magic, and not just the magic you see in this movie. And you can find me on the Twitters uh, at DMovies1701, also here in the Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie, as well as Popcorn Talk Network's Meet the Movie Press, which is a uh, which is all about the hard news of the entertainment business. Um, so tune into that uh, on every Friday, but it's up there in... As you like to say, perpetuity. 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 Uh, so we always thank you uh, for tuning in. There's going to be plenty more movies ahead. I know, for one, I think we're going to be off for a few weeks. I know, for one, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be conning it. Right. So, folks, uh, I will be we'll at WonderCon. I'll be at WonderCon uh, tomorrow. I'll be at CinemaCon all week and next week. So if you're an exhibitor, distributor, and you see me there, say hey. If you see me at WonderCon in Anaheim tomorrow, say hey. And then I will be uh, at the Star Wars celebration in Chicago. Oh, so um, my home state, your home state. So yeah, uh, you know, and, and that's where I'm sure you're going to bump into me in Chicago <laughs> in that grand old thing. But say hey, uh, we will be back with many more movies to talk about. We've got the rest of the year to do it. Uh, thank you very much to my to my great co-hosts, my, my hosts. Uh, and thank you to the audience for tuning in. I'd love to hear, or we would love to see your comments and what you thought about us. All right, take care, folks. And us. And uh, <laughs> From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.